present your Bibles unto the Lord as a sacrifice of praise. Everybody get a Bible? You need a Bible. This is the Word of God. I absolutely love the Word of God. The Word of God will work in my life. But I must study and work the word. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we come to you in the precious, holy, and righteous name of Jesus. Lord, we come to that time where this is all on you. We have offered up to you our praises and our worship, and we've read your written word. Now, Lord, we sit inside of our ten doors, and we're waiting to hear what you have to say. Amen. Lord, I, I praise you because not only is the waiting congregation waiting to hear what you have to say, but so am I. Yes. So, Lord, I release myself to the leading and the guiding of thy precious Holy Spirit so that everything that is said and everything that is done will come from your stri- straight from your heart and your mind in the wonderful name of Jesus. My soul says amen. Amen. Today at Redeeming Love is Heritage Sunday. A day that we chose to set aside to remember our ancestors and to pledge to try to do better as a people. We looked a little bit at some of our history and We praise the fact for our ancestors that went before us and who made some of them the ultimate sacrifices for us. But now it's time to shift our focus. Now it's time to shift our focus from Heritage Sunday to being a Sunday in the house of God. Now it's time to shift our focus from the sacrifices our ancestors made to that one true sacrifice that was made by our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Now it is time to shift our focus from being a black people (laughs) to simply being a people of the living God. It is time for us to shift our focus to being a people, a blood covenant people, that are in a covenant with Almighty. When I I think about the fact that we are in a covenant with God, Mm. it sends chills up my body because the realization and the realization that God loves us so much that he would choose to enter into a covenant with us. The realization that God loves us so much that he would choose to to make an irrevocable covenant that was signed in the blood of his son to say that you are my people and I am your God. When I think about that, it, it just wells up something inside of me because I love the fact of knowing that I am part of the family of God. And with that thought in mind and and thinking about us being a blood covenant people and realizing that we are in the season of Lent, I I, I thought about it, I said, Lord, as a blood covenant people, 
As we go into this season of Lent and we, we fast and we pray and all of this kind of stuff, what is it that you want from us? There's a lot of people that give up all kind of things for, for Lent. You know, they give up chocolate because they want to lose weight and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. But when you give up something for Lent, it's got to be something that's going to draw you closer to Almighty God. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going through the motions. So God said this morning that there's a lot of people that give up a a whole bunch of uh, things for Lynn. Some of them are good and whatever. But God said to tell you what he wants from you this morning is he wants you. He said, did you notice in the bulletin that the title of the sermon for today is I want you. When you say, Lord God, what can I give up for Lynn or what can I take on for Lynn? God said, all I want is you. I want you totally and completely. So since God is saying that what he wants is us, then we need to examine what it is that God wants from us and what God expects from us. As blood covenant children. So you know you were just waiting for me to tell you where to turn in scripture. I know. So turn in your Bibles to Romans 12. We're going to look at two verses. Only two verses in the this chapter. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2. You say, Pastor, what is it that God wants from me? What is it that I can do as far as being a blood covenant child? Do you have Romans 12, 1 to 2? Anybody need the page number in the Red Bibles? 920 in the Red Bibles, page 920. If you have it, speak to me, Lord. I want everybody to see it. Page You have to have it open. You've got to see it, whether it's on your phone or whether it's in the Bible. You've got to see it, okay? Romans 12, 1 to 2. You have it. Speak to me, Lord. Therefore, I urge you, brothers... In view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. Now as part of God's blood covenant children, God says, I want you. So in order to understand what God means by that, we're going to dissect these two verses. First of all, I want you to notice that Paul starts this off with saying, Therefore, brethren... I urge you. He said, I'm pleading with you. I'm begging with you. He said, considering the mercy of God, I want you to think about what it is that you should do for God. And when I read that verse, I said, Lord, some people are going to think and they're going to say, well, what do you mean considering the mercy of God? What, what does that mean, considering the mercy of God? And when Sister Cat prayed this morning and did this scripture, I said, okay, Lord, you just confirmed it again. But God said what it means is Lamentation 3, 22 to 23. You don't have to turn to it because you should know it. 
It says, because of God's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So what Paul is saying through, uh, God is saying through Apostle Paul, he's saying what you need to do as blood covenant children, you need to sit down sometime and think about the mercy of God. Now I want you to notice that God did not say he wants you to sit down and think about the goodness of God. Because we talk about that all the time, right? He doesn't even want you to sit down and think about the grace of God because we talk about that all the time. God said, I want you to sit down and think about the mercy of God. Now, I remember a couple of months ago, and I'm not going to put you on the spot because we got some visitors, but I gave you the difference between God's grace and God's mercy. And I'm hoping and praying that somebody in here wrote it down or it's in their mind. But you know, God's grace and God's mercy are, are two entirely different things. They are not the same thing. God's grace is when God does something for us that we don't deserve. God's mercy is when God withholds punishment from us that we do deserve. Do you see the difference? You see, grace is when he gives us something that we don't deserve. But mercy is when he withholds punishment that we do deserve. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I want you to think about what it is that Paul just said. He said, I want you to consider the mercy of God. And he says, what I'm going to ask you to do may seem hard to some people or may seem a lot to all people. A, a lot of people, but if you consider how merciful God has been for you, if it was not for your mercy, I know God's, I know I would be dead. I don't know about anybody else or anybody else's walk, but I know there were some things that I did in my life that deserved punishment. I want you to understand there were some things that I did in my life that could uh, deserve for me to be wiped out, but because of God's mercy. And when I think about the mercy of God, no matter what he asks me to do, it is never too much. It is never too much when God asks me to do anything what I consider the mercy that he showed to us. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to understand that the moment you were saved, the moment you repented of your sin, the moment you asked God for forgiveness, the moment you asked Jesus to come into your heart and save you, God showered you with his initial mercy. Do you get that? He showered you the moment you were initially saved. He showered you with his initial mercy because he says you don't deserve salvation, but I love you so much. I want you so much that I'm going to extend my mercy to you. So God gave us mercy at the time of salvation and throughout our lives. And pastor is how old am I? 82, right? Am I 82? Okay. Throughout my 82 years, God has shown me mercy after mercy after mercy after mercy. 
And God said he has done the same thing for all of us. So when Paul says the next part of this, it doesn't hit me hard. Okay. Because he says, I beseech you. What God wants for you to do, Tyrone, is to offer your life, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Look at this in your Bible. Highlight it if it's yours. Take the note. He wants a living sacrifice. He wants a holy sacrifice. And he wants a pleasing sacrifice. So God is saying to you right here, when he says, I want a living sacrifice, God said he's tired of dead sacrifices. That's all that was brought to him. Dead animals, bulls, goats, pigeons, whatever. God said, dead sacrifices won't cut it anymore. Dead sacrifices are are not going to do anything in your life anymore. God said, what I want from you is I want a living sacrifice. God said, when you were saved, you were sanctified, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. You said, wait a minute, Pastor, we're not a holiness church. If you're not a holiness church, you're not a church. You understand? We were saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. At that moment, God says, I've made you holy. At that moment, I've made you holy. Remember, he said, I want a living sacrifice. Holy. 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 God said, I want you to live a holy life. I want you, if you're my blood covenant children, If you're part of my family, what I expect from you is for you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. And God said what he wants us to do. And I always give this analogy and I I just love it. But God said, don't wait until you're old like pastor and you can't move around as as much as you used to be able to do. And you can't do so. God said he wants you to give him your body while you're young. Give him your body while you're young, while you can be more useful for him. I mean, yeah, of course, if you're old, like they do it. But God said, I want a living sacrifice. Don't wait until you're half dead with one foot in the grave, and then you decide to give your life to Christ. Then that's the less time that you have to serve him and do for him. God said, I want a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable with God. So the question to ask yourself as we are in this Lenten season, is are you living a holy life? Are you living a a holy life? God said, remember, think about his mercy. Okay, considering his mercy, it's not too much for God to ask us to live holy. So you have to ask yourself, am I living a holy life? Am I living a life that is pleasing to God? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing and acceptable to God. And I like the King James Version. You know I cut my teeth on the King James. I'm going to give you the NIV in a minute. I like the King James because it says, this is your reasonable service. I, I like that because God is saying to you, I'm not asking you anything, my dear. I'm not asking you anything that is unreasonable. Because God said, I'm not asking you, Adrian, to do anything for me that I didn't do for you. Mm-hmm. 
God said, didn't I give my very best to you? So what I'm asking for you is to give your very best. Is that asking? It can't be asking too much if I did the same thing for you. Do you understand that? God said, I want you to live a holy life because you go by my name. Your name is Christian, which means, as you all know, Christ-like. So when people see you, I want them to see the Christ that is in you. Amen. He said, you're reasonable service. Amen. I'm not asking, I'm not being unreasonable when I ask you to live a holy life. But look at how the NIV put it. Keep your Bibles open. The NIV says, this is true and proper worship. Did you notice that when we read it in the NIV? That when you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, this is true and proper. Last week, God gave us a sermon on what a true fast is. He took us to Isaiah to show us what it really means to fast, okay? But so God is showing us this morning. He said, not only do you know need to know what fasting is all about, he said, but you need to know that there's a way to worship me. And worshiping me is not just going through the motions, Worshiping me is not, worshiping me is presenting your body to me as a living sacrifice. If you've never presented your body to God as a living sacrifice, holy things, you have never worshiped him. You're going to stand up here, lift up your hands. You can sing. You can turn around 10 times. God says, unless you have given me your body. As a living sacrifice, you'd never truly worship me. Look at what it says. It says, this is your true and proper worship. Isn't that what it says, Shadir? This is your true and proper worship. So you want to know how to worship God? Given God says, I want you. I want you. Totally and completely. Not partially, okay? God goes on. Look what else he says. Holy and pleasing to God. This is our goal, okay? Note the next thing he says. Now, this is going to upset some people, but that's why I'm here, to upset your nerves. It says, do not conform to this world. After you give your body as a living sacrifice, don't be conforming to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your man. What does it mean when God says, do not conform to this world? Turn in your Bibles to James 4. This is the only scripture you're going to have to turn to today. Okay? I mean, besides where we are in Romans. James 4, verse 4. You say, Pastor, what does it mean when God says, do not conform to this world? Now, this is going to hit some of you, and it's going to hit you hard. Amen. James 4, verse 4. James 4, verse 4. You got us? 971? No. 979, if you have the red Bibles. 979. Speak to me, Lord. All right? You adulterous people. I love God. I mean, y'all think I'm hard, and y'all, they do. They think I'm a bit much at times. 
but I only give them what the word says. You know, I, I don't, you can't find my name in this Bible anywhere besides talking about I was a follower of Jesus because Joanne is in the Bible. I like that, her Joanna. But at any rate, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes a what? Because an enemy becomes an enemy of God. I don't hear any hallelujahs or praise the Lord. If you choose to be friends of the world, and notice God calls them an adulterous general. He's not talking about sex. He's not talking about sex. He's not talking about between a husband and what he's talking about. When we're in a relationship with him and we choose to follow after other gods, then we are committing spiritual adultery against almighty God. You're committing spiritual adultery against almighty God. God, do not conform to this world. Why? Because if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of mine. Do you want to be God's enemy? We sing that song, I'm God's friend. I want to be God's friend. God said, if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of mine. That doesn't mean that you can't socialize and love family members that are not saved and all that kind of stuff. But he's saying when you line yourself up with the teaching of the world and it's contrary to what the word of God says, then you are following after the world instead of following after almighty God. When you live a life that is saying, okay, the world is saying that's okay. But God's word said it's not okay. God said, I want you, Sharif, I want you to be holy. I want you in your relationship, my dear, I want you to be holy. He's calling for us to be a holy people, acceptable unto God. During this Lenten season, that's what this is all about. That's why God has called us to consecrate ourselves. God has called us to, uh, to fast. God has called us to read his word. God has called us to chew on his word so we can get the word from here to here so that it can change our life. Because it's only as you get the word from your head to your heart that it'll make a difference in your life. Amen. God says, all right, God says, I want you to live a life that is not conformed to this world. And then he goes on, he tells you, you want to know how not to be conformed? You want to know how not to go along with everything Joe Blow says and Sally Sue says, everything the politician says is okay in all the world. God said, the way that you... Don't conform. It's have your mind transformed. Mm -hmm. Your mind has got to change. You cannot live a holy life and continue to think the way you've been thinking all along. Your mind has got to be changed. And how is your mind changed? Your mind is changed through the word of God. That's why we have so many Bible studies during the course of the weekend. I send you scriptures every single solitary morning because the only way your mind can be changed is through the word. During this Lenten season, why don't you decide? Not only are you going to read the word more, but you're going to be in Bible. So I have some of y'all in here that are in no Bible studies. 
We have Bible study on Wednesday. We have Bible study on Saturday. Amen. Amen. And the Lord is blessed me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna impose on her too much. But thank you, Jesus. But I, I've been coming to her Bible study on Zoom on Wednesday nights because I, I just, I'm so hungry for the word because I feel like I'm giving the word out all the time and I need to be fed the word. So I've been going to Lady Cat. Her, she has Bible study on Wednesday. Now, if you can't get here on Wednesday and Saturday, Saturday for whatever reason, I'll give you her Zoom thing and you can go into her Bible. Would they be welcome? In their Bible study. Okay, to get into the word. Only way your mind can be transformed is through the word of Almighty God. You say, Pastor, what does God want me to do for him for Lent? God said, I want you. I want you. I want you to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service, Mm -hmm. which is your true and proper worship. And don't be conformed to this world. Because if you conform to the world and you become a friend of the world, you are enemy of God. That verse smacks me every time I read it. I mean, it doesn't smack me with an open hand. It smacks me with a fist. It smacks me with a fist. Because I know so many people that I love and, and people that I admire that are, are too close to the world. They're more close to the world than they are to God. Yes. And God said they are an enemy. That's something for you all to think about. I want you. Young man, I don't know your name, but God says, I want you. Crystal, God says, I want you. God says, Shadira, I want all of you. And one of the things that I'm closing, and uh, Shereen mentioned it in the devotional that we're doing the very first, or it may have been the second day, the author said that God wants us to bring him the sacrifice of our time. The sacrifice of our time. We have time for so many things. But when it comes to doing the things of God, We can't seem to find the time to do it. Amen. Amen. God loves you. God loves you with a love that I cannot express. I started it off with how God could even want to enter into a covenant with me. A covenant that he made that he can't go back on. Been different if he would put some loopholes in there and say, well, if Joanne don't do right, I'm going to get out of this covenant with her. But he made it irrevocable and signed it in the blood of his son so that we could have eternal life. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, I'm so glad that you want us. I'm so glad that you want me. Lord, (laughs) only you and I, and I thank God, I thank you so much, Lord, that only you and I know my entire story. And just the the thought, Lord, that you want me, me, it just blows my mind. You're calling for us to be a living sacrifice. During this Lenten season, make this be part of your goal, that you will live a life that is holy and pleasing to God. Lord, we praise you, we bless you, and we exalt you. We put on the invitation on him. And Lord, if there's anyone here this morning 
that doesn't know you in the pardoning of their sins. Mm -hmm. Lord God, we already saw in Lamentations that it's because of your great mercy, your great mercies that we have not been consumed. There may be somebody here this morning that doesn't know you in the pardoning of their sins. All heads bowed and eyes closed. Is there anybody here this morning that has never repented of their sin, never asked Jesus to forgive them, and never asked him to come into their heart? If you haven't done that, you haven't been saved. You're not saved by going to church. That's We come to church because we are saved. But is there one that doesn't know you? Anyone that has never committed their life to Christ. God said, I want a living sacrifice. Is there one? All heads bowed and all eyes closed. Is there one? If there is, you can raise your hand. If there's one this morning that wants to give their life to Christ. That wants to live this holy life that God has called them to. And the thing is, you don't have to live it in your own strength. When you give your life to Christ, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to live out what God already says that we are. Once he saves us, he says we're holy. But then he gives us the strength and the power to live that strength, live that holy life. Is there one? So we got a church full of all saved people. Well, you know, you only you and God know your relationship. Let's just re allow this song to minister. Those of you, God said, I want you. Those of you who already give your life to Christ, God said, I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. I give myself away. God says, tell him, tell God, here's my heart. Take my life. Notice what it says. What does it say? As a living sacrifice. You see why we're singing this song? I place my whole life in your hand. Give yourself to God right now. Totally and completely. So that you can use me, Lord. I want to be used by God. I want to be used by God. Amen. Amen. Let's just place out. Let's do the benediction. Okay. May the peace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with us down henceforth and forevermore world without it. End in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask you to bless the food that we're about to partake of and bless all the hands that have prepared it. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, amen. We have a fellowship meal in the back. You'll follow the directions of God.